Thank you everybody for joining us. This uh, shiur topic is, is it better to go to work or learn in kolel, learn Torah the whole day if they support you. So, uh, dedicating this shiur for the neshama of my father, Shlomo Chaim and David, it's Rav Ovadia's yard site. So we're going to, the whole class is based on his uh, wonderful work. He addresses this issue in Yabia Omer Chelek Zayin. Yoredea 17. Responder number 17. He says something very interesting. First of all, since it's his fifth year passing, Ravavadya, he passed away five years ago, and he was the prince of Torah. If all the sages were on one side of the scale and him on the other, he would tip them over, like what it says in Rabbi Lazarus and Hurkinus. That's my humble opinion. He was the light of the nation of Israel. Ravavadya, just parenthetically, I mentioned this in Farsi, like an hour ago for the other shir that I gave. You know, he did something monumental. Actually, I was debating which, since it's your side, which tshuva and yobiyama I should choose. Should I talk about the wigs? Should I talk about the, uh, him, the heter that he has is better to wear pants than short skirts or, uh, the heter agunot? You know, Ravadi did something monumental. Like I said before, 900 women that their husband had perished in the Yom Kippur War, unfortunately. He had the guts to take the responsibility to determine that they were deceased and he gave them permission to get remarried, which is a tremendous, tremendous risk involved in that and, you know, Ravavadia also has something wonderful about him, Kocha Dehetero. He was the ultimate Bet Hillel. He wanted to make Halacha not something that was extraordinarily difficult, but like the Gemara says, something that based on strong, strong backbones and pillars of Halacha and Rambam and Shulchan Aruch, that to make the keeping of Jewish law easier, and more convenient for us to have that wonderful relationship with our Creator, not compromising, God forbid, the integrity of Allah, like Bitilel. Bitilel, God forbid, wasn't of reform or conservative or anything like that. And probably, you know, he created that wonderful political party which advanced the Sephardim Shas, but probably the crown jewel which Rabbavadia did was in the end of this week's Parshat Noach, we read about Abraham. He made a revolution, and he brought monotheism and the worship of God to the world. Ravavadi really, his life mission, which for our practical purposes is the most monumental achievement that he did, was he always said lahachsir atarali yoshna, and don't get me dirty. Politics, as we saw with Judge Kavanaugh, and is very dirty. Ravavadi was willing to go into the dirty politics in order to bring the glory of Sephardic Jews back to the time of the Rambam and <coughs> the Ramban and Nachmanites and the Chida and the Rishonim, the Rashba and the Ritva and all of those Geoneh and Gdule Olam. And he was so, so successful. A lot of people don't know. The first, Purat Yosef did not have a kolel. Did you know that? I did not know that till. Last night I was reading his biography. He made a kolel that was specifically there to make dayanim and judges and on a fast track for them, for them to learn the way he wanted to learn. Al pi halaka, 
It was called Old Or Torah. He made it in 1951. Rav Shalom Cohen, which is one of the Gedolei Ador of the Svarim, he's the Hereshas and the Motis Chachmei Torah and Rav Badani. And, you know, of course, Rav Avadi gets tremendous amount of credit for what he did, but also his great partner in bringing the crown jewel, the glory of Sephardic Jewish, the Torah, which is our crown jewel, was Harav Ezra and of course Chacham Ben Rabbi Yehuda Sadka, but you know the Sephardim made a little mistake around a hundred years ago until Rav Avadia came around and, and his mentor and his colleagues, they invested more time and effort in synagogues rather than in Jewish education. And that's a mistake that I could attest to personally. On Yom Kippur, I almost had a thousand, eight hundred, around eight hundred people here pray with us. But the ultimate thing that will change and make a revolution in Klali Soul is the education, education. And Ravavadi, every second he could, he would spread Torah. And we have to be proud that many of the, his earlier people that supported him and really gave him the chizuk to become what he became were Sephardic, were Persian Jews, Yazdim and Esohani. So, it's for this reason that I chose this topic. Because Ravavadia, there was a time where there was very, very few B'nai Torah. You know what B'nai Torah means? Very learned Jews, Sephardic Jews. In Iran, we didn't have it much either. We didn't have a yeshiva system there either, really. But Ravavadia, through his establishing that political movement of Shas, and just his personality, his, he was just a giant of a human being spreading Torah so much, he really did make a revolution, and now we can be so proud that in Israel, every hook and cranny, every corner, you see kolels, and we have thousands upon thousands, tens of thousands upon tens of thousands. Who, whoever would have dreamt something like this 60, 70 years ago, of Sephardic Talmidei Chachamim, they write amazing Sephardim, like Rabbi Zakai, He's a Persian, and he, every year he writes a new sefer, and the many, many other countless. Question here is, is it the ethical and right thing to do that if you go to a graduate school, which is called Kolel, where you study Talmud and Halakha and Kabbalah in depth, and you learn Torah the rest of your life, and obviously you teach it, because I must say, my Rebbe Moiri Rav Shlomo Volbe said, En Lecha Hevel, the Medrash in Shirashim says, in Kohelet, I apologize, says, Hevel Havalim. So the Medrash, you look over there in Medrash Rabbah, it says, En lecha Hevel yoter gadol ba'olam shemi shalomet Torah ve'elom elamda. The, the most ridiculous thing is somebody that knows the, the glory of Torah, the knowledge of Torah and doesn't teach it. And obviously that's what Rav Avadiyah, Rav Yitzhak Yosef even was saying that, Ravavadi would always tell his Talmudim, not everybody needs to live in Jerusalem, go out to Tel Aviv, the other cities, and become Rabbanim of Shuz and spread Torah to the masses. Because that's what Ravavadi was. But the question is very like this. I don't want to get up on too much of a tangent. They asked Ravavadi, is it the right thing to do? That if they're supporting you, you're going to learn Torah and teach it the rest of your life? Not work? Not pull up your sleeves and become a mechanic or a doctor or a lawyer? Or is it better to... Most of your day you work hard. And in the end of the day, what happens? You learn a little bit Torah. Which one of these is better? 
So first of all, we have to understand, the most ancient of partnerships was between Issachar and Zebulun. Jacob, Yaakov Avinu, had a pa- our patriarch. He had a son, Zebulun, and he had a son, Issachar. Yisachar was that professor of Torah, but much more than a professor. He was a living Torah. He would embody the Torah, fear of God, love of God, modesty of God. And the Medrash, if you look, Rabbah, chapter 72, he says that there was 200 in the history of the Jewish Supreme Court, 200 of the heads of it were from the tribe of Yisachar. And how... Their words were so clear and they were so wise that when they would give a halachic ruling, it was like halachala Moshe Sinai. Now how did they were able to become such great Torah scholars? Well, you got to give the credit where credit was due. Obviously the credit is ultimately due to Hashem. But they had a wonderful brother named Zevulun. And Zevulun was a great, great trader. Not like Trader Joe's, even better. He would go and he owned boats and he would trade and he would put food and all the physical necessities in the mouth of his brother. What? Yisachar. And Yisachar was totally 100% dedicated to what? Learning Torah. That's why his symbol is like a donkey because he had a big, big Burden of Torah on his shoulders that he never, and you know, the beauty of a donkey is it even seeps with the burden. It doesn't throw it off. The Amir Chacham always has to have the burden <coughs> of always his mind has to be occupied with Torah. Like the Gemara says, who's the Tamil Chacham? That he doesn't walk eight feet without thinking Torah. He's obsessed with Torah, Torah. He is Torah. And everything he, he thinks about and does. And about Zebulun, it says, Zebulun, by supporting Yisachar's Torah endeavor and becoming an expert and scholar in Torah, he's holding on to the tree of life. And Zebulun was tremendously blessed with a very, very wonderful life. So, we have to know that this partnership of some people working and some people learning Torah the whole day is ancient. The Gemara says in Sota, page 21, Chaf Aleph, Amur It says, if somebody is willing to give all the treasure and billions of dollars in his house, they make fun of him. So the Gemara says, Lo Shimon. Achye Azaria, Shimon the brother of Azaria. Because again, Shimon, and not like Rabbi Yehuda Anasi, there was two brothers, Shimon, he would learn Torah all day, his brother Azaria was like Zevulun, he would go work. So from the beginning they made a, tonight, a condition that, we're going to be partners. I bring the physicality and you give a portion of your heaven in the next world, right? When we pass away, I'm also going to go to heaven. I, I didn't learn that much Torah. Since I was the cause of you learning Torah, then it's like I learned Torah myself. Because I supported it. I was the supporting pillar of it. And 
you have to also understand that the Gemara there says that the great, great Tana that wrote the Yerushalmi, and he's on almost page, almost every page of the Babli, Rabbi Yochanan, which was with Rish he was supported by the house of the Nasi, by the prince of the Jews. So again, something important to understand is that this, for two people, one person is going to learn Torah. It's called the Yisachar Zevulun Partnership, which a lot of kolalos do. My brother-in-law, a shout out to him, Rabbi Eli, he's, Rosh Kolel showed me a document that they have it. It's like a document. They sign it. You cannot sell your heaven to somebody retroactively. This is a very important point. The Gemara here in Sota is teaching us that if from the get-go somebody wants to start in learning in Kolel, then somebody says, I'll support you. You learn. That's a perfect thing. And it's very kosher and it's very ethical. And just like this brother gives half of his money to the brother that's learning Torah, like Yisachar, and he gives his reward in the world to come, that's kosher. What is the Gemara says? Buz yobuzulo. It's about Hillel. The, fate, the most famous rabbi of the Talmud was Rabbi Akiva and Hillel. Hillel was a fascinating person. He was very, very destitute and poor. But guess what? He had a rich brother named Shabna. Shabna was not the greatest of all people. He neglected Hillel and said, we know from the story in the Gemara Yuma that he went on the skylight to try to learn Torah. He was so poor, he didn't have that little speck, that little shekel to give and go learn Torah. Retroactively, when his brother Shabna saw that Hillel became so glorious and so honorable and he became the leader and the prince of the Jews, the Nasi said, oh, now can... I come and buy off your Olam Haba. That's what it says in the Pasuk in, in Ketuvim. Bozya Buzulo. They make, if you give, see, retroactively, Shabna gets the short of the stick. Even if he's willing to give his, all of his money in the world, he can't retroactively go and get what? The, the Zakhur of the Torah. Cause you snooze, you lose. And this idea, is already brought down by the great Rabbeinu Yerucham, one of the great Yishonim, is quoted constantly by, by Maran Bet Yosef. He says very clearly, Rabbeinu Yerucham, I'm reading it for you verbatim. He says, If you want to, before you start on your endeavor of becoming a master of Torah, you can have somebody support you. And that's fine, that's kosher, that's halakhically viable. That person gets a merit of the Torah that you learn. See, the Rabbeinu Yerucham concurs with the Gemara in Sota that, right? So guys, you know the joke, there's a joke about this. Like somebody his whole life, he was a big Sadiq, now this billionaire comes to him and says, oh, Sell me all of the good mitzvahs that you did so I also go. No, no, no. The Gemara there already says, retroactively such games don't work. You can't sell your zechut, your merit of Torah, to somebody retroactively. The Shah concurs with this. But if you look at the Lashon of the Shah, Rav brings that, it seems that maybe 
the person that is being supported will lose half of his olam haba. Which means, for example, the way we understand in Kabbalah is like if you're going to get first row seats where the, the, the rays of the Shekhinah are beaming, now that you sold and you were supported, your, 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 um, reward in heaven is going to be half. That Ravavadya proves from the Chida and the Orachaim and the Afla is absolutely wrong. And if you look, I looked in the Kolal, I was in Israel, they actually, when they write their contract between Yisachar and Zebulun, they write like the Orachaim. Please take a look at this Orachaim, it's in Parashat Kitisa. It talks about over there the Machasita Shekel. And the Orachaim says that everybody needs to give a half a Shekel. And a Shekel a Kodesh, right? A holy Shekel, not a Shekel, regular Shekel of because there's two different species of and types of shekel. But look what the Arachim HaKadosh writes. He says this is alluding to what Yisachar and Zebulun did and Shimon Achayazariah did. And he said those people that are so gracious, because that's also a big test. Between me and you, who gets more reward? Yisachar or Zebulun? Zebulun gets more. Because he had to put his blood and tears and sweat to make that money. And now he gives half of it to his brother. That's very, very applaudable. I mean, that's just uh, beyond amazing. So he says, those gracious philanthropists that donate to Torah, it says, he brings a pasuk to Archaim, it says, in the shadow of wisdom is the shadow of money. So look what the Rabbi Yochanan says, the Gemara Psachim, Nun Gimel says, The Gemara Psachim says, whoever fills up the pockets of rabbis of Torah scholars to learn Torah, he's also going to sit in heaven with them, next to them. Because it says, Besela Chochma, so the Arachayim comes and says, Beshekel HaKodesh, this Chatsi Shekel is Beshekel HaKodesh, to Kadeh Lehodiya Shamachzik V'Talmit Chacham Yitol Bad Machzit Kaspo, it's true, in the money, they split half and half, right? So you, Zebulun makes a million dollars, he gives half a million of it to Yisachar. But how about the reward? He says, don't worry, both of them get complete reward from God. It's not like you sell, you did a trillion mitzvot at Talmud Chacham, now when he comes to Allah Mama, he's going to only have a half a trillion in his account. No. Because he says, it says, regarding the reward, it's not like machasita shekel that you only get half. Because regarding holiness, if I support you and I'm willing to get supported by you, it doesn't make me, the Talmud Chacham's reward, less. So therefore, regarding holiness, it says Shekel HaKodesh, which means it's a full reward. And the Hafla also agrees with this idea. Because maybe a Talmud Chacham would be reluctant to get supported and being called up. Because why should I give half of my mitzvah away? I'll learn. And then... Anything I learn, I get the full reward. Hafla says no, it's like a light. Just like the Torah is kiner mitzvah Torah or. So just like when you light a light, you take from this candle, you could light a hundred candles. Does it make the original candle 
the light of the original candle less? No. So the person that supports Torah and the person that is getting supported, the Yisachar, he need not be worried that he's going to lose out in Olam Haba. They're going to take his Olam Haba like a cake and cut it in half, or a pie, cut it in half and give it to the other guy. No, it's like a light. And the Chida also says this Mefurash. He says that the same way, a wife of a Talmud Chacham is also like a Zebulun, right? <laughs> the, the Gemara talks about, and I, I talked about this last week in my shiur, regarding getting married, what's more important, I don't know if you saw that, getting married or learning Torah, which one comes first, based on the Gemara Kedushin. We are living in a world, in a place, that we really, really have to give credit where credit is due, and that's the wonderful women First of all, we have to thank Chaya Schneerson for making the Beis Yaakov movement. And there are women that they have this extraordinarily love of Torah and they're willing to sacrifice and not have anything fancy. No fancy home, no fancy dress, no fancy jewelry, no fancy anything. For why? Because they love Torah so much. So the Chida writes the same thing. He says, don't think that when the Talmud Chacham goes to heaven and his wife went and worked Instead of him, and she supported him. The the same thing. It's like a it's like a flame of a candle. The Talmud Chacham is not going to have to like a cake, take his olam haba and give it half to her. Both of them are going to be on the same high, lofty cloud nine in the next world. And then the Chida says mefurash vechen hadin Same way, people that. Whether the wife of the Talmud Chacham or the brother or the partner of the Talmud Chacham that supports the Talmud Chacham, he's going to get his awesome reward from God. And the Talmud Chacham's reward is not going to be subtracted. And that it says, Ya'alezu chasidim bechavod ha-Torah. So all the chasidim don't have to be paranoid that they're selling away their heaven just to be able to learn Torah. Although, you know that when you're really getting gross Torah, maybe worth it even to do that, because it's such a pleasure. If you want to see the light of Allah in this world, you go into the Torah Shabbat Peh. And, okay, but now there's a big monkey wrench that we have to deal with. It's the Rambam. The Rambam is not such a big advocate of this. We look in the Rambam, chapter 3, Yilcho Talmud Torah Halachayud, the Rambam clearly states this in where, Shani? In the thing, in the Pirusha Mishnayot also, throughout Pirusha Mishnayot. So the Rambam basically says, whoever just wants to learn Torah and not work, and get money from charity, this is a desecration of the name of God, the Rambam writes. And he's going to lose his Olam Habba. He's going to lose... God forbid. But there's a whole big Kesef Mishnah on that though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to deal with the Kesef Mishnah. Because you can't have benefits from Torah in this world. And that's why in Pirkei Avot it says, love labor and hate being the boss, being the rabbi, being the, in charge of everything. So he says, any Torah that does not have work with it, is gonna be wasted and cause sin. 
And that's why in Pirkei Avot says, don't make the Torah business to become a millionaire and billionaire out of. And the Rambam in Pirkei Avot, he mirrors this image. So what do you do with the Rambam? So already the, from the earliest Rishonim, they come to understand the Rambam in a different light, not verbatim. The Rash, the Rashbetz says something very important, and that is, Ki chovahi al Yisrael efarnes b'derech kabod lechachamim v'dayanim asher toratam umunatam. The Rashbet says, listen, one, one, one second, hold your horses here. We know we Jews are not allowed to sue each other. And those people that go to Beddin are doing the biggest sin if they don't agree. If, even if the Beddin said you lose a million dollars, for money you don't sell your soul to the devil. If the Dayanim said, it's like God said. So we Jews, the Rashbet says, listen, somebody that is full-time a community servant, because the servant... Community needs its services, right? Like a rabbinical judge. Because we're not allowed to have the, right. You're not, you're not allowed to have a secular people resolve any financial issue amongst Jews. And he says, first of all, we learned this from the Kohen Gadol. The Rashbitz brings a beautiful raya. He says, if a Kohen Gadol is the most learned of all the Kohanim, but he also has to be the most wealthy, right? Because on any level, Right, it says like the Anavi has to be wealthy, ain't Shekhinah Sharel, the Gemar Nedarim, he has to be wise, and he has to be Chacham, and he has to be Gibor, and he has to be wealthy. So he says, Sheyeh Gadol Me'echav Benuyuy, the coin Gadol has to be number one in, in physical power, and wisdom, and wealth. So let's say a Kohen Gadol, he has all, he's perfect in everything, but he's not wealthy. So all the Kohanim will donate money to make him what? Wealthier. Wealthier. So he says, and it's a Mefursha Toisefta, in Pinchas, that this is exactly what the custom was, and none other than the great Rabbi Yosef Karo, which wrote one of the most important commentaries on the Rambam, right there, he argues on the Rambam. Which I want to explain the Rambam very clearly. It's not really argument. I was shocked Ravavadi doesn't bring the Rambam in Hilchot Shemi Yovel, but we'll deal with that in a second. He says that, first of all, we know throughout Shas there were rabbis that did not work and were supported either by the exilarch, by the prince of the Jews, by the Jewish government, or by the wealthy Jews like Yisachar and Zebulun. Like in Gemara Gitin, page 60, Hayu Shipura Debei Rabbi Nesia and the Gemara Chulin Kuflam Dalid Hayu Shaked Didania the Gemara Sota that it says Rabbi Yochanan was supported by the Nasi and he says this is the custom of throughout the generations look at what the Bet Yosef writes the the Kesef Mishnah which is the same person as the Bet Yosef which is the same person as what? The Shulchan Aruch. Rabbi Yosef Karo says, He says the Rambam is an exception to the rule, first of all. just How many Rambams do we have in the history in the last thousand years? One? I mean, Kahati was a pretty amazing person, but it was definitely no Rambam. Right? The Chaya Adam also was amazing. It's like one out of a, a thousand or a million Chachamim could be like the Rambam. The Beit Yosef is saying, he says, before the Rambam, everybody was getting supported by the community. After the Rambam, all the Jewish leaders were being supported by the community. This was the custom. 
And he says, even if you want to tell me the Rambam is right, et la'asot la'ashem, hifiru toratecha. When we are in Galut, right? When we are being, when there, we live in a society where there's Holocaust, and Jews are being raped and killed, like in the Inquisition and in the pogroms, then listen, work is very important. No money, no honey, right? If you don't have a good... But that I'm going to explain in a second. But, yeah, but it's funny, the, the thing is like this. The bottom line is, the main thing is the Torah. No Torah, no Judaism, right? Even all the Israeli Jews that live in Israel, you see when they don't... Are not don't have Torah. They come out of Israel. They all get assimilated. We see, it's so unfortunate. Yeah, a so of, a lot of people like to quote the Rambam, but they forget that the Rambam spent how many years making the Mishnah Torah. He exactly. Just, he locked himself up for how many years? For no, the Rambam years. was the exception to the rule because Rabbi Vadya and another Chuvan Yechavadat says. Bottom line, in the end of Gemara and Kiddushin, Rabbi Meir says that the best that the best um, profession is Torah, and I'm only going to teach my kid Torah. Which kind of like this is. He says, Me'olam no nitzcheni, Rabbi Shuab and Levin, Gemara Erevin says, the only person that was able to win me in a debate was the person that knew Malacha Echad. So, I think, yes, in the time of Shas, Rabbi Yochanan Sandler was a shoemaker, and we, there is definitely many, many Chachamim, the Rambam is right, I mean, it's a fact, that had their profession. Yeah, Rabbi Meir himself was a sofer, yeah, but they were Talmidei Chachamim first. Exactly. And that's why the Bet Yosef says, we have to put what the Ramam says aside. If, if that system is not working for you to be a Talmid Chacham, then to, like the Marshal is going to say, we can't throw the Torah away and all of us become assimilated and when the, the Torah be forgotten from the nation of Israel. Because the Bet Yosef says, if we don't finance the people that teach our children Torah, first it all starts from Right? ABC is Aleph Bet. How could the guy, we're living in a, in a system where the world is definitely by no means perfect. If the guy, the guy's gonna say, hey, if I need, you don't pay me for my time, then bye bye, I have to cheat, feed my children. My, right? There's also Allah that your own life takes precedence. So why should I dedicate myself to community service? And therefore, the Bet Yosef said, if God forbid, we would want to try to follow the Rambam's advice as stark and as serious he is about it, the Torah would be forgotten from the nation of Israel. And therefore, it would, it's much better to support people that dedicate all their time and money to teach Torah that the main, main thing in the world, which is the Torah, if one second the Torah wouldn't be learned, the world would be crumbled and go back to Tovavo, it shouldn't see. And the Marshal in the Yam Shoshlomo really says this also, that if we don't do this, if we don't support the teachers of Torah and the Yeshivot and the Kolelim, the Torah is going to be, God forbid, forgotten from the nation of Israel. Nobody can become a Torah giant and also work at the same time. Practical, it's a matter of practicality. The Rambam, amazing. He was the Sultan's doctor, but far and few between. He was one out of a, a million. So, 
He says that uh, the Rosh Yeshiva, especially Rosh Yeshiva, he has to deal with the students. It's like, what, you want the Rosh Yeshiva? Instead of advising the students and giving them Sevichat to go work every day, it really doesn't make sense. And really that's what we have to understand, that really this is their profession. This guy is a, uh, running a Yeshiva. This guy is running Kiruv to do a Shadri. This guy is a rabbi. He's uh, he's paying the synagogue's bills. He's the synagogue's manager in a way. He's... He's preparing classes. He's dedicating himself. He's a free psychologist for this community, right? And 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 so on and so forth. And just to bring out Rav Moshe Feinstein, which was kind of like the Rav Avadi of America. He's the Mara the Astra of America. Rav Moshe also says, "Listen, those people that want to work, they they when you tell them go learn in Kolo, they say no way, Jose, because of the Rambam." He says. Because he says, you know, they'll, they'll tell you is okay. I have to work, and if I have time, I'll learn a little bit, a few seconds, a few minutes of Torah. It says, and they said, no, 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 no. Chas v'shalom, I should learn in Kolel. Rav Moshe says this in the fifth chelik of Igros 